the Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and friends. Welcome to the Boys of Tech, New Zealand's longest-running tech podcast. This episode is number 327 for Tuesday, the 14th of April, 2015. My name is Edwin Herman here in the studio in Wellington, New Zealand, and I'm joined over a Skype connection by my co-host, Brett King. Howdy. How are you, Brett? Not bad. Not bad, eh? Not a pretty cold morning the, it is, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the way it is. That cold front uh, has just uh, arrived from the South Island. Not very welcome, I can tell you that. So, Brett, I just thought we'd go through a few stories that have been sort of making headlines around the world, kicking off with kind of, uh, I don't know what to make of this. Is it embarrassing or is it is it just rubbish? LG has hinted that Apple might be making an 8K Mac. They've said that uh, the uh, next generation high-resolution 8K model that Apple will re- uh, release. What's embarrassing about this, if it's true, is that it's LG announcing it, not Apple. Yeah. How, how come LG knows about this so-called 8K iMac, if it, if uh, it is true? Who actually makes the 8K, the 5K, the 4K screens that a lot of companies use in their products. I'm guessing you're going to say LG, right? Correct. LG makes the screens so they know who orders what. Do you think they've made a faux pas here or is this invalid? Oh, come on. We all know that Apple is currently in a phase of going, we've only got these products, we need to make new products to make people buy more products. So, of course, it's entirely possible that they're going to come out with an 8K screen. I'm also then going to laugh at anybody who buys the first 8K screens that come out, especially if they come out at the, you know, the end of this year. Graphics card technology has trouble getting a good frame rate on a 4K monitor. What the hell are you going to use an 8K monitor for? except looking at some really, really flash static picture. Well, it's exactly what I was thinking, though. Photographers. Even still, 8K, zooming in, the stutter rate on that thing's going to be horrible. And so the limitation that you're describing lies in the graphics cards or the display itself? The graphics cards and probably the displays. The displays probably won't be able to refresh fast enough. But if LG are going to make an 8K monitor, an 8K screen to go into a device, surely it's capable Well, Apple would be the first ones to buy it because this thing is going to cost a bomb. (laughs) Uh, It is going to cost a mint because it is going to be incredibly expensive, as all the first-generation 4K things were. Yeah. These are going to be incredibly expensive. They're also going to be nowhere near what people expect them to be. People are going to go, oh, I'm going to get this 8K thing. It's going to be great. And they're going to go, oh, that is a brilliant desktop you've got there. And then they're going to open up a window and it's going to go, which, 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 which. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's, that remains to be seen. But I think that the funniest part of this whole story, and this is why I brought this, is because it's LG telling us what Apple's going to do, not Apple telling us. It's like, whoopsie, oh, something had, went wrong. We've there. had these sorts of things happen all the time, especially for Apple. Most of the rumours come from the subsidiary manufacturers. The rumours about the thing being made out of sapphire glass came from a manufacturer of sapphire glass. Well, actually, no, I think the rumours that said that it was not going to be entirely made out of sapphire glass came from the manufacturers of sapphire glass saying, we're not making that much of it. <laughs> yeah, but look, I thought that was rumours as in whispers that, that eventually someone publishes something, whereas this is different. This is actually LG saying something. They, yeah. they've, they've said something. There's an article they published, which I, I think, in, in my view at least, is a different thing it's it's a little bit more forward it's lg publishing an article in black and white saying you know apple's going to release an 8k imac are and they it, actually saying apple's going to reach um, release an 8k imac or are they apple has purchased a large number or has commissioned a large number of 8k screens or 8k technology And people who've read that have gone, oh, that means probably an iMac, since the highest resolution desktop device that Apple has currently produced is the, you know, the Retina iMac. Well, I've tried to find the the specific article, and, and I've had trouble finding it. However, however, what I have found is an article which appears to quote it by saying, "quote will release the iMac 8K with a super high resolution display later this year." Unquote. So if that's supposed to be a quote from the LG story, mm-hmm. assuming that's accurate, then... And it's, once again, who was that LG story released to? It might have been a shareholder report. I've not seen anything which specifically stated it was like yeah, a press release I, or anything I, like that. It could very yeah. well have been a shareholder report, something that was supposed to go to a significantly, you know, a much smaller yeah. community than the internet. Well, as you say, I personally haven't been able to find the source of that story. Uh, exactly. So but it like, would not surprise me. I mean, It there, would not surprise me at all. There are places that appear to link to it, but the link doesn't seem to to fire, so I, I'm not sure what's going on. In any event, I, look, let's, put it, let's say this. If, if it's true, it's a bit of a, a, an oopsie, I think, to, to, to some extent, because there's usually... You know, ways that this information should be released. If it's not true, then perhaps, uh, I guess, what can you expect? There's obviously some inaccuracies, which, oh, there's no surprise. You mean someone, someone was wrong I'm, on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't see how an 8K 27-inch iMac is going to be better than a 5K 27-inch iMac. Well, I think, well... Uh, it, it, comes, it, it, it gets to a point where... The human eye can only detect so much. Yeah. And we're already starting to get to the point where the human eye can't detect the difference. Yeah, one, one arc minute, I think, is, is the limit. I mean, we published a story ourselves at Boise Tech about, about the, uh, the retina display, uh, in fact. So, I mean, you can extrapolate from there and work out, you know, at, a, at say, a 60-centimeter viewing distance, which is standard, what resolution for what size. I mean, we can do the calculation, but... You're right, there is a point. I don't know what, as I say, I haven't it done gets to a point the numbers. where the extra Ks that you're adding to it are purely compensating for something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I know. And as I say, I haven't crunched the they're numbers on this They're stroking your one. ego and nothing else because they're doing absolutely nothing for you except consuming more power. 
because the yeah, high resolution Brett, you don't, screens, you don't know that because you haven't crunched the numbers either. You haven't crunched the numbers, but I, I take your point. There is a point at which that will happen, but we, but we haven't crunched. Neither of us have crunched those numbers yet. We can we can do that before the end of the show if we want. Anyway, yeah, it, it, that's that's <laughs> your challenge for the before the end of the show. You've got to decide whether or not a twenty-seven inch eight K is actually noticeable, <laughs> detectable to the human eye. I'll tell you what, I'll crunch the numbers and I'll report on the next episode. How about that? It'll only take me about 10 minutes to do, but I, I can't do it on a live show. Look, let's talk about Netflix, unless we have 10 minutes of silence, which I could later edit out. But anyway, let's talk about Netflix. Um, Netflix have modified uh, their – this is Netflix US anyway. I'm not sure if, if worldwide services are in the same way but affected, but I assume they are. Netflix have modified their terms and conditions – Effectively, if I boil it down, means that Netflix can, according to their rules, terminate your service if they believe you are trying to get around your geographic location, i.e. using a VPN. But nobody thinks they will ever actually do it. Well, we talked about this a little while ago. Was it last episode even, I think? that they do have some obligations. They have to show that they're going some way Indeed. to enforce and this, this is their, as per this their agreement. This is their obligation. This is their showing that they've got an obligation. The yeah. sheer number of people globally who are members of Netflix, who are watching Netflix from not their location, Netflix would shoot itself in the foot if it's terminated all of those people's accounts. We would see it's you know, number of subscribers drastically reduced because this is not just something that New Zealanders and Australians do to be able to watch Game of Thrones or House of Cards. This is what people globally do to be able to watch shows which they can't watch in their own location. Exactly. I mean, there are people in the US doing it for UK shows, aren't there? Exactly. People in the US doing it for UK shows, people all over Europe doing it to get shows from the US, shows from the UK, shows from other places where they're not able to be shown in those locations. It is, it is Netflix covering its butt from the big media producers going, oh, we've, we've signed all these deals in these locations and you, you can't have people in those locations watching that stuff because oh, this person over here in their company paid us 17 million whatever uh, to be able to show that show in that location when they felt like it. Okay, so um, what you're saying then, Brett, is that by having these new terms and conditions that allow them to do that say that they can do it they're effectively saying hey look content providers we do take you seriously Indeed. really really look, we do, we do wink wink <laughs> but then yeah the moment they start to do this they well number one it's going to be a, a public relations disaster for them the, the the number of people who use a you know a, a geolocation service to allow them to watch a show. It's just huge. Okay, well, interesting. I, I'm See, not sure this, how, how, how all much... All this furor that is kicking up over this whole, you know, location scamming is it's content provision and content distribution from two decades ago. It has not kept up with the times. 
Sure, no. that, that may be so. Broadcasting but- over the terrestrial airwaves, sure. That's, that's the content providers locally that do that sort of thing because they're the only ones who can do that because they're in the location. But streamed over the internet, that is global. You cannot put okay. the you cannot put you know local restrictions on on the on the freaking internet. Stop okay. trying to do it. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, Brett. So look, th- 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 there's one <laughs> it's thing. Just stupid. Is, You're shooting yourselves in the foot. There's one Get with the program people. There's one argument to say. Well, look, it's not wise, and very few people would disagree with that. You know. However, if the content providers want to do it that way. They own the content, the rights to the content. Therefore, they should be allowed to do it, even if it seems ludicrous. Surely. I mean, if I want to sell Segways with only one wheel, I should be allowed to do it. Wouldn't be wise. It wouldn't work. But you know what I'm saying? Like, just because it's not wise and not, in most people's views, the best business model, if they wish to do it and they have the right to do it because they own this stuff. Well, okay. Well, let's put it this way. If I was that, you know, person creating a Segway with one wheel and not um, engineering it so that it worked properly, and I discovered the fact that nobody was buying it until somebody worked out that, wait a minute, nobody's buying it, so we're gonna, we have to discount it to try and offload this crap. Somebody works out that they can get them really cheap, stick another wheel on it, and suddenly it becomes a useful thing and start flogging it off secondhand. Yeah, now that's a could, good analogy. You can translate that, that, that to that, the, yeah. the internet and streaming phenomenon of, okay, yeah, sure, these content providers could then decide to not provide it, you know, the streaming services in the locations where people actually want to be able to watch a show at the same time that anybody else does. Because once again, we're living in a global community here. The internet is global. If the content provider in my area does not show the shows that I want to watch at the time that they are showed everywhere else, I will be spoiled about those shows because I read the internet, which means that I will then have no impetus at all to watch the show when it finally comes out here because it will have been spoiled for me. So what am I going to do? I am going to pirate the show so that I can watch it before the spoilers come out. That's a very good argument, Brett. You make a very good argument. And your analogy was great as well about the, uh, you know, the Segway. You know, someone else could figure out, well, look, if, if, if we buy these one-wheeled Segways and we add a wheel, uh, you know, then we flog them off, uh, you know, they won't, you know, Segway won't make as much money uh, because, the, you know, the one-wheel versions are, are worth less and we're, we're on selling them. I can kind of see the analogy there, and that's a good analogy. And so, yeah, you've demonstrated very well how, you know, it's not necessarily a wise thing. Uh, what's the solution? I don't know. And, you know, at the moment, here's well, the thing. Well, the solution it's- is to get rid of geo-restrictions for streamed content on the internet. Yeah, and that message that you have is for the content providers, the, con- the, the people who make the content, who own the content rights. Indeed. Yeah. You yeah. can have broadcast content rights, sure, for terrestrial transmissions, but that's got nothing to do with the internet and nothing to do with streamed content. You should not geo-lock streamed content. Well, you know what? I would probably take it as far as saying, well, it's also not wise to have shows 
screen on terrestrial broadcast within one country a year later because for the same reason you can read the internet not to stream stuff but just to read and and be made aware of things and and have your episode spoiled that Indeed. you know that you won't and then you've lost all interest in watching the show correct and then the because te- you've the already known that oh oh crap something really drastic happens in the middle of that season and it sounds it sounds crap and and so I'm not going to bother watching it at all anymore. Whereas if they were watching it at the same time as everybody else was, then everybody would be hooked at the same time and everybody would learn that it's crap or whatever happens in it at the same time and you've still distributed it. So you'd <laughs> think it would be in their best interest, wouldn't you? To, yes, to massively in their best interests yeah. to not geolock streaming and it massively in the best interests of the terrestrial providers to show it concurrently with when it is shown overseas. Agreed. We Agreed. are in a global environment, people. The internet is global. News is global. <laughs> Spoilers are global. Yep. You're not going to get around that. No, that's right. That's- Work out a different way of distributing it. Work out a different way of getting your fees, your, your licensing agreements or your distribution rights or whatever. But make them synchronous and consistent and global. Well said. Otherwise, and- you're going to shoot yourselves in the foot. And piracy will remain. That's right. And you know what? Netflix are in the middle, and I think I've used this analogy before, or this parallel, I should say, in the same way that Apple was with DRM. Apple have long said, right, I'm talking about the beginning when iTunes was launched, the iTunes store was launched. We really don't, you know, I think uh, you know, Steve Jobs actually said it, uh, you know, we would prefer to sell you content without DRM. That's what they'd like to, back then they'd like to do, but... Mm-hmm. They, but the content creators don't want it. They insisted on it, exactly. That yeah. was the contract. That was the, if you like, the... Uh, but it's just stupid. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Because it annoys people. Because DRM only affects people who buy it legitimately. Yeah, look... I, on, it doesn't affect yeah. pirates because pirates get the version without the DRM. Having said that, Brad, I, I feel <coughs> less strongly about DRM than I do about what we're talking about with Netflix, with global releases. Indeed. With, with, with DRM, the way it was, thankfully, it... It wasn't too invasive, at least the, the way it was uh, negotiated for, for iTunes. I think the others as well. You know, uh, you could you could have up to five of your own devices. That was more than you needed anyway. Uh, you could burn CDs of it. And it, it to, I thought it was actually re- reasonably reasonable, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Significantly more reasonable than this whole Yeah, yeah. To me, I feel more strongly about what, the, you know, this, this whole global thing. But anyway. The distribution malarkey is, yeah, yeah. has been going on for significantly longer and is significantly more outdated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Brett, a uh, couple of quick stories then, and then uh, that'll be in the end of the show. Rumours are that Windows may one day, not anytime soon, but may eventually in the roadmap go open source. Cool. Hmm. What do you reckon, eh? That'll be cool. In some ways. Bad in others. Bad in others? Well, yeah. What makes it easier to discover an exploit? Oh, yeah, okay. Code. Access to the source code. Yeah, that's true. But it also means that it's, it's uh, easier to be fixed. So that if Indeed. someone already knows about it... And it's easier yeah. to create compatibility. Yeah. I mean, the value of desktop... It's operating easier to develop for... Don't forget the the, the uh, value of desktop operating systems is dropping as more and more uh, value comes from services, and I, I think this might be part of the you know you know Microsoft the value for Microsoft is less so in their desktop operating system as it is in services yeah s- software as a service and so on yeah 
So yeah, we might see that go open source. I mean, uh, chunks of Apple uh, Apple's OS ten are open source, but the the bulk of it isn't. No, uh, no. Uh, none of Windows. But aren't, the, is, aren't the chunks that are open source open source because they were based on already open source things? Uh, both. There's two two camps. So there's that, and there's stuff that Apple have chosen. Uh, to contribute to the open source community, and uh, I forget the de- I forget where exactly, but um, I don't want to say it because I'll get I may get it wrong. But <laughs> there are there are both there are both yeah. All right, and uh, last story that was just a, a quick mention. Last story, um, <laughs> Ben Gate. Well, you know we had Ben Gate with the iPhone six. Yeah. And so Square Trade have decided to put the Galaxy S six Edge to the test. And it turns out that it requires the same amount of pressure before it starts bending as the iPhone 6 Plus. So, I don't know. Doesn't actually surprise me, Ed. It is a thin metal framed phone. It's going to bend. I think you will find that most of the other phones will bend too. In well, fact, I think you'll find the plastic-backed phones will probably bend a lot quicker. <laughs> they will bend at a lower pre- pressure than these metal-backed phones. Well, it's also the size the of them. The point it, it, of the whole iPhone 6 Plus furor is the fact that it commonly bent and deformed in people's pockets. Whereas because the, you know, the iPhone 6 regular size and the Galaxy Edge and a lot of the other phones, they'll all bend too at relatively the same pressure. But because their size, they won't get that sort of pressure put on them in a person's pocket. That's where the whole Bengate thing for iPhone 6 Plus came in. Now, the Galaxy... Its size... Well, this is the thing. The Galaxy... Added to the fact that it would bend. 6 Edge is the same size as the iPhone 6, is it not? Yeah, not the 6 Plus. I meant 6 Plus. Are you saying it's the no, same it's size? No, it's not the same size as the 6 Plus. It's oh, okay. the same size as the 6. I've seen it. Well, look, it requires the same amount of pressure, so I think it depends on... Uh, I wouldn't count your chickens before they hatch. Or the eggs. Whatever you're supposed to count before they hatch. Well, the <laughs> HTC One M9, which is also a very popular Android phone, it bent a, a little, you know, ever so slightly over the same pressure that an iPhone 6 and the Galaxy Edge bent. So it's not about how much pressure it takes to bend it, Ed. It's about how big the lever is to make that pressure easier to apply. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's true. I, I accept that. Um, look, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Let's put it to the test for real then, Brett. Let's wait six months or so when there are lots of Galaxy S6 Edges, assuming people buy them. And uh, oh, people will buy them. And, and, they and, are pretty. And see, um, see, see whether we get Bingate too. I don't think we will. Well, we'll, we'll review it in six months. <laughs> <laughs> you may well be right. I don't know. All right. Look, either I, way, I, it is a metal back phone, so I don't. I am not surprised at all that it bends. Mm. All right. Look, let's. Uh, the plastic ones bend easier, but because they're plastic, they don't deform as much. They don't keep their deformation until you know. It's catastrophic. And the iPhone 5 and 4, they probably bend as well, but they'll have a specific breaking point because they're made out of, what, Gorilla Glass on both sides. No, I don't, so uh, were they? I didn't think they solid. were. I'm pretty sure they're Gorilla Glass. Because they don't, they don't, list, it, they don't list it in the specs. Oh. They, they just call it glass. 
Yeah. Arsenal well, free display glass. I don't say gorilla glass. I, I would have thought if it was that they'd they'd be jumping up and down about it. At least for the iPhone five. Either way, they're significantly more solid than your metal <laughs> framed ones. All right, let's see what happens with this anyway. Um, but, you know, the, yeah, okay, let, let's see what happens. Let's end the show there. That was episode 320-something, what was it, 327 for Tuesday the 14th of April. Brett, I want to thank you very much for co-hosting. Always a pleasure, Ed. And, of course, we'll do it again next time, won't we? Yeah. All right, till then, Brett, have yourself a great week. Thank you to our listeners. Have yourselves a great week. See you again next time. Till then, take care. Goodbye. Hasta luego.